Welcome to the Social Survival Guide, your guide for the neurotypical world, your brain, and three other things besides. What those three things are, you decide. It's only a guide, not a rule book. Uh, new episodes come out every Sunday at midday British time, and in the meantime, you can always go follow us on Instagram at Social Survival Podcast. My name is Kieran, as always, joined by Chloe. Hello. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Do you want, the, do you want me to answer honestly? Yeah, that's why I told you to wait until I can start press recording before you talk about your problems. For that sweet, sweet content. It's not going very well. Right now. Okay, would you, would you mind elaborating on that a little bit? Because otherwise... <laughs> My brain doesn't work, to summarise. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want to go swimming, but for some invisible, unknown reason, my brain won't let me go swimming. <laughs> okay. It won't let me book the swimming. It says it doesn't want to, but I know it does. And it's really annoying. If anybody else wants to go swimming, I'm sure they just go swimming. If I want to go swimming, it's like, yeah, but I don't really, I can't really be bothered. I'm like, yes, you can. Stop being stupid. Mm. <laughs> that is our old friend, Executive Dysfunction. Way, air horns, to do, etc., etc., etc. Woohoo. Wow. So it's basically your brain just going, nah, can't do. It's just annoying. It is. I know I enjoy it because I've done it before, but then it goes, you go to book it and it goes, I don't think I really want to. You're like convinced that you don't want to or that you can't mm. be bothered to go down there. Yeah, it throws up a lot of different roadblocks Yes. in the way, doesn't it? It makes like one seemingly simple task into multiple tasks so it splits up the go swimming into the you've got to book it you've got to pick a time you've got to pick a date you've got to you know pay for it and then when it actually comes you've got to go down you've actually got to do the swimming you've got to come back it's yeah. it it does the exact opposite of what we want it to do it makes one task into loads of tasks yeah or as weirdly say if you want to do something like tidy the kitchen for example that is one kind of big task but then what you want to do in order to complete that is try and split it into smaller tasks you know like mm -hmm. do the washing up wipe the the surfaces so it doesn't really make sense why having to do all the little tasks to go swimming makes your brain go no whereas having the small little tasks which make cleaning in the kitchen possible, your brain goes, okay, I can manage that. There's no yeah. logic in there, is there? No. There's no, I think, there's no travelling involved to clean the kitchen. And it's definitely the travelling to and from the thing that my brain gets the most put off with. It's mm. like, I don't want to go down there. I can't be bothered. <laughs> if I could just teleport, it would be a different story, I reckon. Mm. <laughs> But then, you know, you've got to 
atomize all your molecules and <laughs> transport those and then reassemble yourself all in the correct order and that could take a long time. And mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, that's more or less just the reason for that sort of thing happening. And, you know, it happens to all of us, uh, you know, and uh, we don't get to choose when it happens. Nope. But I think one thing we touched on when we actually did this episode way back when is that, say, if it's something you'd already previously booked or if we were doing it together, then it wouldn't be so much of an issue. It's the self-discipline mm. yeah. which is required in there, which makes it so much of a hassle even just to book it. Yep. It's like uh, I think I probably said when someone else is involved, there's another external pressure mm. that kind of makes you do it in a way. Yeah, so when when it's something that doesn't affect anyone else, no one else is involved, it's just us doing something for ourselves, it makes it very difficult just to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's one isolated incident, you know, just going swimming. When you take it into our kind of daily lives, our like, you know, something to do every single day. That's not that happens every single time, right? It's it's not just one day. You know, something something you're meant to do like every day, like making food, for example. Mm-hmm. It's not just like it happens every so often. It happens every single time. Yeah. Right, and that's what does kind of make it difficult to form like habits sometimes, depending on how your brain works. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I hope you appreciate the absolutely phenomenal segue I was that just occurred. Say, uh, that's why I was smiling at it. <laughs> I saw the segue coming and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Here we go. I like it. <laughs> it's a good segue. You know, you've got to respect it. <laughs> so, yeah, habits. They're not just what nuns put on their heads <laughs> and the rest of them. I saw a word the other day that oh, apparently wow. is another word for what nuns wear on their heads. And it was something weird, like a wimple or something. I'm sure it was a wimple. Well, we can have a look at that. We've got the internet in front of us. And wimple. Yeah, uh, a cloth headdress covering the head, neck and sides of the face, formerly worn by women and still worn by some nuns. There we go. Wimple. A wimple. Hmm. Interesting. You're welcome. <laughs> Habits, yes. <laughs> Talking otherwise known about, as wimples. <laughs> yeah, otherwise known as wimples. <laughs> um, just to define a habit for you, it's something we just do without thinking about them. You know, Examples of regular everyday habits involve showering, eating, cleaning your teeth. You're looking at me very confused. Don't people do these things without thinking about them? Yeah. Or well, I, I think another word for habit you can use is routine. But habits I think tend to be a bit more unconscious than routines. Mad. Hmm. I never do any of those things without no. thinking about it. <laughs> no, we have to put the effort in. Yeah. But with our funky funky brain brains, it tends to be the case that we take habits and routines and skew them to extremes. And let's just take the two extremes of kind of autistic and ADHD brains, just in terms of habit forming and making and keeping. Autistic brains 
kind of rely on routines and the habits and find it very difficult when those routines are messed with, usually by external forces. Mm. So take, for example, I, I'm fairly confident we've mentioned it on the podcast beforehand, that one time you had to work on a Tuesday yeah, instead of your regular it. days and <laughs> you kind of got so much up into your own head that you were like, I, I want to quit. <laughs> I don't like it. It's horrible. Yeah. I forgot that it was happening until a few days before, yeah. I think. And I suddenly got really like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting this. No, I can't cope with it. Yeah. Your brain gets thrown off balance, doesn't it? Yeah. And you're like, ah, escape, escape, run away, run away, <laughs> quit. Escape and hide. Yeah. There's like safety and repetition. Yeah. Isn't there? Yeah, and that's what I think autistic habits tend to be more about. It's finding that predictability and stability in your own life. Just because, you know, the regular world is weird and makes no sense, as I'm sure we can all testify <laughs> to. So being able to have your own routines and your own habits, just kind of setting clockwork or as close to clockwork as possible, that it makes sense to you. Right, that that's yeah. what it is. It's like having some semblance of control over your own life where you can't control anything else that's going on. So the things you can control, you kind of hold really close. Yeah. So whether that's, you know, eating at the same time, going to bed at the same time, watching the same things over and over and over again, you know, yeah. taking the same route to work every day. Having certain, like processes or rituals to do things i suppose yeah doing things in a certain order yeah because you mentioned that some autistic family members have particular rituals yeah they have certain kind of habits slash rituals that can be sort of unhealthy for them like mentally and it's just really hard for them to not do it and really hard mm. for them to break it and i mean i was kind of the same you know i've had i've had rituals of kind of trying to go to bed and having to do certain things in a certain order before I was okay to go to sleep. And breaking that was really hard. Like, it took a long time. And so I suppose that's that's like your comfort, isn't it? It's yeah. like you said, it's consistent. You know that you've got control over it. And it makes you feel okay in a way. Yeah, but then, of course, if you keep going further down the line that's where it becomes difficult where it becomes more of a compulsion mm -hmm. or when even the slightest changes to it will just throw you completely off and where like if you've got certain habits as you mentioned you can't not do them and by not doing them then you will just your brain just goes into overdrive and kind of you know, starts shooting up alarms going, ah, ah, <laughs> ah, panic, we're not doing this. Even if it's like something so minor as like flicking the light switch a couple of times. Or, yeah, for me or, it was saying moisturizing my hands. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's where it comes, you know, that's where that can cross over into kind of the OCD sort of territory. Yeah. Whereas that compulsion to have to do things rather than, hey, I'm doing it because it makes me comfortable. Yeah. And it, there does also come a point where certain habits, which you do, you do tend to form the habits yourself. They're not for anyone else. They're for you. And 
sometimes these habits are not great or you know as we mentioned that you know the compulsion side of it can become more of a hindrance than a help yeah and in those situations because of our kind of reliance on those habits even if they're bad it can be really difficult to stop doing them like mm -hmm. if you recognize that they are harmful or bad it's very difficult to stop mm -hmm. just because that has become part of your routine and part of your kind of compulsion so stopping doing them can be difficult yeah yeah it's stopping doing something like that usually leads to discomfort in some way which we don't like. which yeah autistic brains very much try and hide away from <laughs> But at the other end of the scale, we have ADHD. Woo! That, that was a weirdly musical. ADHD. <laughs> uh, whereas very difficult, if not kind of impossible, to form habits and routines. And, you know, that comes with its own set of fun times. <laughs> but in general, you know, the stuff we mentioned earlier, washing up, having showers, cleaning your teeth, it's all kind of like, daily small bits of maintenance yeah that can easily just slip away and it ends up going quite bad so you know it's not unheard of for adhd people to have bad like hygiene dental hygiene general cleanliness i've yet to meet any any adhd person whose bedroom is not a tip <laughs> so you know that that's that's its own little fun fun time and also then there's the ultimate irony that whilst like autistic traits can't be medicated adhd traits can but the difficulty forming habits directly impacts the ability to take the medication at about the same time every day <laughs> yeah so many times online i've seen people like saying oh i forgot i forgot to take it again yeah and that throws things off or people take it and then forget that they've taken it yeah. so sometimes they take it twice and depending on the medication that can really mess with them so it's a that's fun that's but, why i have to have alarms for my yeah. tablets <laughs> but even so it's it's not stopped you just turning the alarm off and forgetting about it yeah a couple of times yeah usually i remember within a suitable amount of time oh. but yeah it happens yeah. I, I i think especially for you it's just because you tend to be quite sleepy by that point. Yeah. So if you haven't started napping already, <laughs> then you're just like, oh, turn it off. It's more sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, do I remember? That's the useful thing about one of my tablets being in um, a pack that has the days on it. So if I turn my alarm off and then kind of fall back asleep and then I wake up an hour later and I'm going, did I take it? I can't remember. I can look at that, and if that day's one hasn't been popped out, I think, oh, okay, I haven't taken it. Mm. <laughs> I need to take it. Very useful. But yeah, so if you know, if you're an ADHD bod, I'm sure you can relate to a lot of what we've been talking about on the whole not being able to form habits side of things. And you know, this is kind of the part of the, the podcast we would try and provide some level of advice for being able to form habits and take control of your life and <laughs> things <laughs> things that TikTok says you can do, but it's not a thing. You know oh. it's not a thing. If only it was that easy to just magically be able to do it. Yeah. The best way 
to even vaguely try and do it is by just setting reminders or writing things on the calendar or something. But it's still not, like, guaranteed. Yeah. It's still easy to miss. It's still easy to forget about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, there's just no way. <laughs> yeah. I think the the most I've been able to take control of it is during those brief periods where my brain is in a productive mood that's the point where you can just go okay i'm gonna set like right on the calendar yeah or just set a little reminder for myself yeah because i i I came across this a lot in school and i told myself like it'll be okay i'll remember so like homework that was set for instance (laughs) you know we got given homework diaries but i can't take notes very easily yeah but I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll remember about it. Sometimes I remembered. <laughs> Sometimes I found it in the bottom of my bag the night before. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. See, I was too anxious about um, <laughs> about getting into trouble to forget. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's, that's one of the weird ways that autism and ADHD collide. Yeah. Right, because one thing I've particularly discovered is that Autism can counteract certain ADHD traits. Yeah. And like certain ADHD traits can lessen some of the impacts that my autistic brain has. So that's, I think, how a lot of us fly under the radar if you've got both. Yeah. Is that depending on the situation, either the ADHD brain is in charge or the autistic brain is in charge. Yeah. And I've usually found that the autistic brain is in charge when it's an uncomfortable situation. Okay. Or like when you're out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like at school, for instance, or like at work, that's kind of in charge because it's the more neurotic kind of order-based side and it needs things to make sense. So that's part of the coping mechanism is, you know, trying to form those routines to make sense. Yeah. Whereas if you're in a nice comfortable bit like home where you have control over everything, then the ADHD part of your brain takes over, and that's why there's all clothes on, all over the floor. Is that why I'm so weird in the house as well? Well, it does help, yeah, because <laughs> we don't feel like you have to mask. Yeah. And I'm surprised we haven't already done an episode on masking yet. But We should know, probably do that. Or we'll get around <laughs> to it, get around to it. But if we don't feel the need to, then we can just be weird with each other. Yep. When my brain at least relaxes, then the ADHD side of it takes over a bit more. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Because I think I'm quite daydreamy and quite sort of, you know, my mind likes to wander and imagine things and explore things and ideas. But I never do that when I'm out of the house. No. So maybe it's that being in the house and not having anything else to worry about and focus on. That's when my brain is like, I'm going to float away now and start dreaming about different things and thinking about 10 million things at once. (laughs) Well, Yeah, because when we're out of the house, for instance, there's a lot going on that we've got to pay attention to. Yeah. And that's the the autistic side, basically acting as a big CCTV camera. Yeah. And there's not enough space in our brain to do like all the daydreamy fun stuff. Mm -hmm. But you kind of bring us into a nice comfortable secluded environment where we feel safe we feel comfortable and then we can our minds can branch out because it's not using all this processing power on keeping an eye out for predators yeah so it's 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 in the very similar way that small prey animals 
like, you know, rabbits, guinea pigs, hamsters, that sort of thing. Yes. When they're out in a big environment, they're kind of on the lookout for bad guys, right? Yeah. And they're all skittish and nervous and, you know, you stand up and they run away from you. Yeah. But, like, you get them into a nice, comfortable environment. There's a, like, roof over their head. Dark. It's quite, quite dark. It's quite quiet. And they get comfortable. Then they turn into little weirdos. <laughs> and that's the same sort of thing with us. Yeah, it's true. You I'm know, not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten how we ended up on that. Me too. <laughs> I'll find out in the edit. <laughs> I was about to start carrying on with the original point that we were making and I went... What was the original um, point? <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. <laughs> well, uh, that's that's why the benefit of having notes. Yeah. Because I would have forgotten what the entire episode was about by this point if I didn't have it written down in front of me. It kind of got on by talking about how the ADHD and autistic sides of brains kind of collide and interact with each other. And I think habit forming is one of those times where they don't fight each other and one takes dominance. They actually combine like power ranges and form something even more dark and terrifying than ever before because if you've got combined autism adhd or all dhd or however you want to call it you know that everything we've talked about beforehand you know the autistic side of the brain and the adhd side of the brain they're all true for you (laughs) right You, you don't you know stand on one side or the other and or they don't cancel each other out. No, they kind of mush and conglomerate and they do everything all at once. So we have the fun, fun situation where we're reliant on routines or like we find them comforting. But we can't form the habits by ourselves. Yes. <laughs> so it would be nice to be able to do like regular exercise. Yeah. For example. But no. Can't do it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I've got this, especially at the moment, I've got this thing in my brain that's like, I'd love to be the kind of person who is fit and exercises and manages their diet and all this fun, cool stuff that makes me like a healthy, functional person. And then I think, right, let's start an exercise plan. Let's do some things. Let's plan. Let's get some food that's better. And then I just don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) For some reason. (laughs) Well, we do actually know the reason for that one. And that's because when we think through like these hypothetical situations of like, there's a thing you want to achieve. So let's say become fit. Yeah. Right. We think through how it would be done. So we go, okay, so let's talk about diet. We'll just reduce the amount we eat and change what we eat to like slightly healthier things. And then what we can do is set up this little routine of doing some like workout stuff so maybe some sit-ups maybe some push-ups or like kind of those sorts of things i'm not really a workout person (laughs) i know about three things about working out and you've just heard them so (laughs) and then it's like we can go for like maybe a quick run uh, this time on like sundays and we just work through it like step by step until we've got like this big plan sorted out and then our brain produces this lovely little chemical which says, okay, great, that's done. And then we completely forget about it. We don't do it because we, our brain has already produced the, congratulations, you've yeah. completed it. 
That music has already gone off. We're off doing something else and we never look at it again. Yeah, it's like you have this bright idea and you write it all down in like a, a little special plan book and then you just put the book on your brain bookshelf and walk away. <laughs> and you're like, cool, plan is made. <laughs> never look at it again. Yeah. So, so we get all the chemicals we need from making the plan to do it rather than actually doing it. Yeah. Because doing it is effort. Also, we like if it's getting fit, for example, doing you know exercise, you don't get immediate yeah. or visible feedback from that. You don't get to see the results instantly. Yeah. So even if you get a little way into it, you don't see the results. And so you know, part of you was like, "There's no point. No point. There's no result whatsoever. Not doing it." Yeah, I've had it in the past where I've started trying to implement an exercise routine and after a few weeks when there seems to be no difference i'm like right i give up it's a mm. waste of time so yeah for combined autism adhd folks you know we're reliant on habits and routine but we can't form them ourselves and we kind of need external pressure to you know even just be comfortable yeah right this is the thing we can't even do like a reward mechanism for ourselves. Oh no! <laughs> because because we're the ones who like make the rules on that. So if if you were like, okay, we'll go out for a run or a swim or something, and then when we get back, we can have like a nice pudding. But then the other part of our brain goes, we've got the pudding anyway. May as well just have that without having to go out and do all that work. Yeah, and you're like, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a point. <laughs> That does seem a lot easier. Yeah, I've tried the reward things in the past as well. Never worked. No. Can't stick with it. And that's why kind of doing exercise and things like that is is so hard. Yeah. I think it's like it is that thing of the reward. Like if you don't see an immediate reward, then your brain doesn't want to do it. Because I'm fine with establishing that I'm going to do some baking or something, but that's because I know I'm going to get like brownies out of it. <laughs> so it's worth it. It's not uncomfortable, but if you're no. trying to form a habit that you know is going to be not the most comfortable experience, yeah, then your brain's just not going to want to do it. And, you know, I, I personally, as you know, I like having jobs that keep me on my feet that are quite physically demanding and physically active because I know that I cannot form an exercise routine on my own yeah. so i need the requirement of the job to be physical because then it keeps me active and it keeps me fit yeah i mean it would be great being able to go to the gym but <laughs> like that's not happening for multiple reasons yep you know we've already covered a, a couple where it's like you actually have to go to a place but then also it's just a bad time exercising is really boring yeah it is <laughs> it feels horrible because the yeah. point is to try and get yourself physically out of breath and tired. Yeah. And again, why would we want to do anything which makes us in pain or uncomfortable? Yeah, like sensory-wise, I don't want to be sweating. I hate it. Yeah, and then some people like go to the gym like before or like after work. But if I've been to work, I've already done my thing for today. I need to yeah. recover. <laughs> I can't possibly go to the gym and do more stuff. No. I don't want to be physically exhausted as well as mentally exhausted. I already need a nap. Yeah. I don't want to be doing it on the treadmill. 
I think that's why like I should go swimming. I think that's why I like swimming because I'm thinking like sensory wise, it is quite a safe feeling place because you're in water. So it's like you're you're in something. You can feel it like around you. You don't get sweaty because you're in the water. So you're wet anyway. And nobody can see me. They can only see my head. Mm. So I'm quite hidden. I'm mm. quite secure. <laughs> it is also a bit of a comfort blanket, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's like having a weighted on. blanket yeah. just wrapped around you. And nobody can see what you're doing. If, you, if you've got like a swimming hat on and stuff, people can't really identify you if they don't know where you are. So I feel quite mm. hidden away. Like I can do my exercise without being judged for my poor technique or, <laughs> or how quickly I get out of breath. <laughs> but if only you could form any sort of habit mm, yeah, to go swimming. Yeah, nope. But Pop. yeah, as, as I said, <laughs> usually what we try and do is provide some sort of advice on the topic we're talking about. But like, no advice I've ever found is helpful. No. If there was any advice that worked then we'd be doing it. Yeah, that's it. Then we'd all know about it. Yep. The fact that we've got to this point so far and no one's really figured out a properly good way of managing habits either way means that it's not really going to be a thing. Yeah. I think the best advice you could have in this situation is don't punish yourself too much if you do you struggle with forming habits or if you're maybe too rigid and habitual like either way just don't yeah. just be aware that it's not something that's in your control and if you do want to go swimming and your brain won't let you book it don't be hard on yourself for that because it's not it's out of your control i suppose yeah this is like the biggest issue i have mm. Is like one heart. I feel like my brain is made up of two separate entities and one of them is constantly going, let's do this, let's do that, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to go here, I want to go there. And then the other half is going, no, stay in house, stay home, home safe, do nothing, play game. And then I just get really annoyed. <laughs> yeah, because we, yeah, we want to do two very different things and we can't do both. Yeah. So we're always annoyed at the one we don't pick. So I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Social Survival Guide. We will be back next Sunday at midday British time for yet another episode. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Instagram at Social Survival Podcast. And also, while you sat there, feel free just to leave us a nice rating and review on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening to, and it would do us a massive favour. But... Until then, we will say good luck. Yeah, that is our old frame. Frame? Our that, old frame? That's not even a word. That's our old frame. That's. <laughs> that's nothing resembling a word. Where did you even pull that from? I don't know. It's not even. Frame. It doesn't sound like anything you were about to say either. Frame. <laughs> Sigh. <sighs>